0: And welcome to Civil Discourse. I'm Jamie Wojciechowski. And I'm Marilyn Brown. Well, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Um, it's been uh, a- an interesting one uh, for me. I guess we we have two topics, but I, I do want to check in kind of first to just see how how's the first eight days of your New Year been?
1: The first eight days of my New Year have been actually... For me personally, pretty, pretty good. I've I've spent some time um, really trying to be mindful about what um, kind of reviewing the last year that had passed. I really hadn't done that much before. I actually found this um, really awesome workbook online, um, this free workbook called Unraveling Your Year. And it's like pretty long workbook, but it was cool because I actually was able to like sit through and kind of review and realize how many things that I had seeds that I had planted at the beginning of 2017 that actually did come to fruition and things that I had worked on. Because I think when we're in the moment, it's hard to see where you've come and kind of what you've done to get there. So actually, I had a pretty nice first week of just kind of um, going through and and doing some 2017 review and then setting some intentions for this first quarter of 2018. And I, I went to a really cool vision board creating event, which was really nice. So um, so yeah, so my, mine has been, mine has been pretty good. How about yours?
0: Um, yeah, it's been, uh, I guess, interesting, very re- reflective, um, yeah. in ways, uh, I wasn't expecting. Um, I think the first, uh, couple days in the new year were, uh, pretty typical. You're kind of analyzing like where you're at, where you want to go. Um, and then, uh, two days ago, I actually lost a friend in a car accident. So, um it's been very reflective still, but just, it's just interesting. And it's in a way that obviously I wasn't expecting. And it's kind of reflecting on, uh, just kind of different things than, I mean, life just throws things at you and then you kind of adjust and it's just, yeah. 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 I'm sorry to hear
1: about that loss, but it, it, it does kind of shift what you think about and just
0: kind of, Yeah. Right, and it was it was just uh, in in the context of it, it's it's it was um, I don't even know what I want to say. It was just there was a, a moment uh, that happened that was just interesting because the last time uh, he um, his name was Michael and he was in um, my um, friend group of people who do stunts, um, and we had a big kind of stunt holiday party. Um the last thing he said before he was leaving was that in the new year, he wanted to make sure we all started hanging out outside of just doing stunts and doing and doing work stuff. So yeah. just in the in the context of that, um, it, it's just interesting to have, I think, a, a very fine because it was a su- I mean, a car accident is always sudden. So it, it just yeah, it's just it, it <laughs> makes you. I'm normally not big in in New Year's resolutions, but this kind of is forcing me to have one in that to kind of honor him. I want to make sure that I'm doing that. So that's kind of been that, that is, I guess my New Year's resolution for this year is just to, to honor him by making sure that I am kind of building those, those friendships and those connections outside of just working and just training because it is, I mean, you spend so much time, I mean, we spend a minimum of six hours a week together training. And then there's a connection there because you're, you're doing something together, but there's also so much you don't know about the individual because you're not connecting on a, on a deeper personal level. And, um, I, I think sometimes it's easy to forget when you are spending a lot of time with someone to analyze it of what, what kind of time it is and what additional time or less time needs to be done to kind of nurture the relationship in, in a positive way.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
0: Okay. Well, to the topic, um, the first thing I wanted to discuss was corporate mindfulness. Uh, I recently have been reading a lot of articles um, kind of analyzing the, the trend of corporate mindfulness. And we're seeing, I think, a lot in the last five years, but we started to see it kind of in the last 10 years of more businesses kind of uh, having mindfulness resources for employees. Yeah, And I have kind of mixed feelings about it. Um, I think mindfulness has so many benefits that it—it it, it is great that that is offered to help um people be more mindful but i also see it being used as a tool to up productivity and and increase the bottom line as opposed to it being solely a way to help the employees Um, so i kind of struggle with that side of it so i'm just curious what I mean, how you feel about it.
1: Yeah, it's it's an interesting topic for sure. And it's something that, like, for me, um, I thought about this years ago when I was working um, in bigger organizations and in large organizations. I remember thinking at different times, gosh, you know, I wish there was a way that as a whole, this, 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 um, company could become more mindful that, that there would be more resources around this and kind of recognizing, because I was learning as a clinician about mindfulness and kind of learning that that was something that, that, that there was definitely a kind of a global need for that. And so it's interesting to me because it's something that I had thought about when I was in a different work environment, but I also, so on the one hand, I think that, you know, any, any way that we're exposing people to, to, the topic of mindfulness and concepts of mindfulness I think I find beneficial I think that it's helpful to to have that conversation and to bring that into the workspace for sure but I also I I struggle with how it's being implemented um some of kind of the authenticity around it um and and what you said as well kind of that the the intention behind it and kind of what what they're really actually wanting to to do, because I think that, um, it's, it's going to change the, it's going to change what the product, or I don't even want to call it a product, like the fact that I'm even calling it a product bothers me, but it, it changes the experience when, when there's a different, um, intention behind it. And so I, I struggle with that as well. So it's something that I'm definitely seeing a lot more of, um, in just, really big companies. Um, like in the article that you sent, Aetna has a mindfulness resource officer. I think the person is called, um, and, and different companies do it differently. So some companies actually have people who are trained mindfulness instructors come in and, and do this and then other places, or, or it's maybe somebody who has more of a marketing background. So it's, it's, it's challenging because I think that, um, I think we're recognizing that, like, just mindfulness as a concept is is becoming a product in a way, and so with that, we're going to see more of it being used in different ways, and and kind of having to be, I think, a little bit more mm-hmm. critical or mindful ourselves about what it actually is and what you're actually getting out of it.
0: Right. I, it's interesting because this is also a debate that goes beyond uh, just corporations in the mindfulness community because Mm -hmm. uh, for for any of our viewers or listeners who don't know kind of the historical context is the whole idea of um i guess meditation being practiced by non-monastics uh is relatively new um for most of the history of uh buddhism lots of Hindu sects that do a lot of meditation it was really restricted for uh, monks um, and people who were living a monastic life um, and and I, I think the reason for that is is that a lot of it within the context of its origins is very and I don't want to say anti it's very counter to um, lay life to kind yes. of the corporate yes. structure, to capitalism, and I'm not saying any of those things are bad. It's just that the the context of mindfulness within its roots was very much on uh, simple living and and um, getting rid of the ego and 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 uh, materialistic attachments.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so it, there's automatically kind of a dissonance that happens when you try to introduce that into a normal society that does function in i mean i think any just normal society because i think you would have the same problems if we had a socialist society if we had some kind of mix no matter what kind of society it is i think it's just once you have power structures and a government and any kind of thing in there it's kind of somewhat dissonant to it and at the same time, it, it's clear that you don't need to be a, a monk meditating twenty hours a day to find benefits. So I think it's about the the balance, and because it's so new, specifically in the West, I think we're still trying to to find it, um, right. and I think because it's integrating slowly and people are just kind of discovering it now. I think it, it tends, the tool tends to be used often in not the best way because people are still kind of experimenting and seeing what the best way is.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And I, I think that, I think that's part of it for sure. And I also think that like there is definitely become more of an interest in, um, I don't even know what what exactly to call it, but just kind of more um, Eastern, non Western kind of medical and, and healing practices overall. Um, and so I think there's the challenge because I think mindfulness has become a buzzword. It has become one of those words that people are starting to hear and recognize and tag on to things that aren't necessarily mindfulness related, but kind of just but can, can kind of fit under that full umbrella, but aren't necessarily mindfulness. And so I think there's a challenge because I think that companies and corporations are going to be drawn to continue to do this more because there is more of a need for it. And people are kind of recognizing and I think wanting to live more mindfully in their lives. And yet people spend so much of their life at work and at the desk and, and in these meetings. And so, you know, there's, there's definitely, I think people are yearning for having this in their life and also companies are realizing that this is something that we can offer that we can, that we can provide in some way, in a way to boost the productivity of the company um, rather than I think help the overall wellness of the employees or the people who are actually engaging in the mindfulness. And so I think for me, you know, it, it I think that it can be a really it could be a really beneficial thing depending on the, the motivation behind it and how it's implemented and how it's utilized. And also I think recognizing that like what you're saying that, 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 that meditation and mindfulness is very much counter to our kind of normal system of living. And so I think recognizing that some of the corporate structure also would need to be challenged if you're bringing in, this mindfulness program also kind of challenging what are the expectations of hours that people are working? What are the expectations of, of sick time? Are people allowed to, do, do people feel okay to call in sick if they're not well, or do people feel like they can't do that, you know, because of productivity and things like that. And so I think there has to be a balance and identifying, okay, so we all were, you know, we're bringing in somebody to teach meditation and teach some mindfulness skills. And we're also looking at how our company as a whole can help to support that as well. And so I think there's a way to do it and to really be effective. Um, But I also think, you know, we're really going to see, because like you said, it's still pretty new. So we're going to see probably across the board of how this actually plays out.
0: Yeah. And I think that that's the, the danger of it. The danger of it is um, I think in the West, because we're, I don't want to say most, but uh, a good portion of mindfulness as a buzzword, as a, as a practice um in order to be appealing to people in the West has been stripped of mm-hmm. its spiritual context, right? So mm-hmm. then you get you end up having two different types of mindfulness. You have the kind of um uh, self help mm-hmm. mindfulness that's really mm-hmm. about in a lot of ways it's about the self. It's about dealing with stress and and uh coping and it's it's very mm-hmm. much about kind of psychological self-help and yeah like a the therapy tool kind of right. mindfulness. yeah and then you have mindfulness as a lifestyle as a mm-hmm. full spirituality as, as a worldview um, that comes with a rich uh, history and context mm-hmm. um, and most of the debates around mindfulness on mindfulness panels tend to be Debates around that topic and people from those two different worlds and both have valid, I mean, reasons to exist. I mean, I, I'm clearly on more of the, the lifestyle because that's, that's what I know. I don't have a lot of rich knowledge of using it in therapy mm-hmm. and as, as that kind right. of tool. Um, but I think the danger in. in corporations is that it is seen exclusively and i understand why it's seen this way it's seen exclusively as the self-help tool um because you don't want to bring in religious context and all these things into a corporation i totally get it but Mm -hmm. then the, the the problem arises when it's used as a tool to help employees cope with uh issues that should be resolved instead of them just coping with. So them needing to be more productive and and working overtime and doing all these things that are, that are helping the corporation, but are not great Mm -hmm. for the employees. And then just trying to add mindfulness onto it to help them cope with having to deal with those things instead Mm -hmm. of correcting those things. um, I think is where the, the, problem is but I think a lot of places it's are also doing it the way you're you're saying where they're incorporating it and they're seeing all these benefits and then the, the company's actually making changes of how it how it functions on a corporate level and how it engages with its employees based on the changes it, it's seeing by introducing these these programs and I think too it's it's beyond just uh, mindfulness um, in that I mean, you can you can debate the science and, and and the studies and all this stuff about what the actual benefits of mindfulness meditation is in, in a clinical sense. But mm-hmm. I think any time a company um, takes the time to actually bring out a program that is meant to help and benefit the employees um, in, in a genuine way, I think you're going to see positive changes within that company, because the company is already making uh, a, a choice to change and try to make things better.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that, and I think um, going back to what you said about kind of mindfulness as a psychotherapy tool, and kind of that distinction of mindfulness meditation um, as a lifestyle. I, I come to it from kind of the opposite, right? So I'm a therapist. I've been working. For a long time, so I was introduced to mindfulness as a psychotherapy um, kind of coping skill tool a very, very long time ago, and 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 learned a lot about kind of the clinical um, benefits of it and how to implement it, and read tons of workbooks and 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 textbooks on it and things like that, and just in the last three to four years, I've been really, really working to introduce mindfulness into my own life as more of a lifestyle and kind of to merge those two things. And so for me, I see um, corporate mindfulness and kind of how they're bringing it into corporate work, similar to what I noticed with schools, because that's another place that they're bringing in mindfulness Mm -hmm. and stripping out the um, the, the, the spirituality, the, the religious part of it, which, which again, makes sense because this is schools and and we don't want to be bringing, um, bringing religion into schools. But I think that, you know, the difference with, with school versus is corporate is again, there's that kind of bottom line benefit to the company versus, you know, if you're bringing it into school and you're introducing it to the students, then there's really no question about, the 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 motivation behind it that it's to help the students versus you know if you're bringing it into a company is the goal to make people less aware that they're like uncomfortable while they're working harder and longer and and more difficult hours or is it that we're really trying to improve the company as a whole and the the community as a whole and our 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 um, employees well-being and so i think you know it's going to be just kind of interesting to see how it plays out because i think that like like you said, a lot of that speaks to the company's culture as a whole, how they're approaching it and why they're actually seeking to bring this in in the mm-hmm. first place, you know?
0: Yeah, it's also it's interesting how they – what actually started – I was actually very pro, uh, I guess, corporate mindfulness until mm-hmm. I started – I attended a couple um, conferences. Um, and it was the angle of which – Mindfulness leaders were trying to sell the companies on these programs. And I totally understand why they chose this angle. But the angle is always... I don't want to say always, but what I had seen, the focus of the angle and the drive of the angle was on the benefits to the company. And yes, they would explain the benefits to the employees, but they really focused on the benefits to the company about improving the bottom line and all these statistics they had that helped the, the company make more money as opposed to the focus being on the employees or even an equal balance. Because I, yes. I do think there's a natural thing that if, if your employees are happy and they love their jobs, of, of course, they're going to do better work and your company is going to do better so i right. don't think there's a there's a problem in they're necessarily being like oh introducing this mindfulness and then making more money for the company i think it's when the the and like we you said the the intent of it um and trying to and i i just it rubs me the wrong way when it's being sold with the the focus being on how the company can benefit dollar wise as opposed right. to how the the employees can benefit and then therefore the company benefits
1: right right yeah and i could see that and it's interesting because i i've um gone to some conferences that had a different different kind of spin but it's also i was wondering okay. like who who was the conference kind of for like who were they who was the audience of the conference because a lot of the conferences that i've gone to where it's bringing mindfulness into work related it's more speaking to clinicians or or people who are already kind of self-help so it's a different
0: it's a different audience yeah, so I'm this was for business like owners so
1: yeah so for business owners yeah i guess it's they're 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 speaking to or at least the the presenters were um you know intending to speak to a specific audience and
0: yeah. kind of tailoring it to that yeah and for me it wasn't yeah it was just it, it rubs me the wrong way. And it's just... It's a weird... It's a thing I have, I think, just from the tradition I come from, of mm-hmm. this... Of the... Trying to sell it. Yeah. And trying to package it as this sellable, corporate, capitalist thing when it's... Okay. When in the essence of it is the exact opposite. I mean, I... I won't even go somewhere if they charge a fee for a meditation class. I just... I don't... It's... I, I have nothing wrong. I don't see... I don't feel there's anything wrong with it, or that they are doing mindfulness wrong. It's just mm-hmm. not the the type of uh. It, it just it's counter to my personal practice, mm-hmm. so I just find places that don't do that, who are more community based and d- donation mm-hmm. based and stuff, because that's just what I prefer. Um, right. So it's just a it's a trigger for me personally,
1: right right but I also think you know everybody's a little bit different as far as what they're kind of used to and so for some people hearing how something is valuable or kind of making making something into like more of a a product, and I, I hate that that kind of thinking about mindfulness as like a product. But yet, I think that I wonder if that allows it to reach some people in a different way. I don't I don't know if re- if that reaches is, is necessarily a good thing or not. But I just do think that there are people where you know, whereas you're more tuned to like recognizing it. This isn't kind of like for you that that's aversive for some people. Mm-hmm. If things are the opposite, they find that kind of like, well, is this even worth anything? If I'm not paying for, you know what I mean? And so, so there's kind of that other, that other side to things. So.
0: Right. And I, I think too, like uh, as someone who practices mindfulness as a, as a lifestyle, like there is nothing more I would love than for more and more people to mm-hmm. embrace mindfulness and kind of be more mindful. Um, I think the world would, would benefit and I mean, I come from the view of having this lifestyle for over a decade, mm-hmm. um, so I already have a worldview that's very influenced by Buddhism and and Zen and and Taoism and and mindfulness practice. So it's 100% what you're saying. A lot of people don't have that, so then how do you connect and how do you get those people? to see the benefits from the worldview that they have because I can right. see even from when I started uh first started practicing like I can see that a clear journey of how my worldview shifted mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah and i I mean I and before that I probably wouldn't the same things that would sell me now on it are probably not what would have sold me then. So, Right. Right.
1: Well, I know it's, it's going to be interesting to see how, how this whole corporate mindfulness plays out. I'm just kind of interested to see as, as you know, as we move forward, kind of what happens. Cause I think that there's going to be, more studies. There's going to be more studies kind of comparing the different programs at corporations and kind of seeing what's actually beneficial, what's actually effective and what's not. So it's going to be cool to just kind of, I'm like a little bit of a a research geek in that way. So I like to
0: see what,
1: what, you know, what, what, what the, what, what actually comes out as things are implemented.
0: Right. Yeah. And if anyone is, um, I mean, I guess this is homework already, but if anyone is in a, in a, Pro, in a mindfulness program at their work or there's mindfulness resources, um, I'd love to hear kind of what your experience has been um, and uh, how how it's going and how it's kind of been implemented and affecting both you, uh, your family, and the company. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so moving on real quick to a quote um, by Thich Han. Uh The quote is... Happiness means feeling you are on the right path every moment, and you don't need to arrive at the end of the path in order to be happy. And I just loved. I this is a quote I literally have on my calendar that uh, I have set to pop up on my calendar on January first every year um, That's so cool. because it goes. Yeah, it just it it it's a short quote, but it it reminds me of the whole discussion kind of we had on New Year's resolutions Mm -hmm. and how uh, I think our overall kind of summary of it was that resolutions can be great, but without kind of a roadmap and being mindful in the moment and kind of planting seeds in every moment, um, all it is is a resolution and there's no real path to that place and really what's worth it is that journey on the path. Um, And as long as you're being mindful and enjoying that journey, I I don't think it really matters if you ever make it there because you enjoyed the ride. And that's at least how I try to live my life. Of course I have goals, but the reality is I may never achieve those goals and I may achieve them all. And, And to me, achieving it, just isn't as important as making sure every moment I'm living my best potential to set myself up to potentially achieve those things. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, that
1: makes a lot of sense. And I think like we we're we're just very, I think we're trained to just be very achievement and kind of goal focused. But, but what I've, what I've noticed with working with people for a, for a long time, um, in in the therapy context is that when we set our all of our feelings around when we reach that goal usually when you get there it, you you don't even feel it the way you kind of set yourself up to you know what i mean it's like you get to it and then you're like okay yay i did this thing and then now you've kind of created some new farther off next goal for yourself that like this thing a lot of times you can't even really absorb and feel that happiness that you thought you were going to feel when you got to this thing once you're there because when we train ourselves to not actually appreciate the moment but to continue to look outside then when you get to the moment you're not in it anyway and so you're already looking outside to the next thing and so yeah I think that this quote really just embodies how important it is to to connect with with the moment that we're in and to find that joy and in in, in the, in the process and in the, in the, the work that you do to lead up to that thing and, and, and kind of just, just all of those little moments of, 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 of getting there versus Mm -hmm. looking at at the destination. I think that, you know, because that, that's, that's our life, you know, our life is, is the getting there. Our life is kind of those moments that we're, that we're working through those things. And so we can find a way to really genuinely be in that and appreciate that for what it is. Then I think that, overall you don't even have to look for happiness it's just kind of there there
0: yeah yeah I mean that's when I moved to LA is when I started to really kind of dive into this concept because what I was reeling is I was uh, achieving a lot of the goals I was setting but as soon as I would achieve one I would have it on to the next yep there you go they're never and they're never like when you're when you're thinking about the future, you're you're creating an imaginary world, right? Because it doesn't exist. So you're setting this goal and you're you're assigning um, emotional ideas and 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 visuals to what it's going to look like, and it's never going to be that just because it's not. It, that's it's reality versus the idea in our head. And right. I think when you're constantly searching for the ideas in your head to be real, you're just destined to be disappointed because they're not um as opposed to once i started really saying i i remember at one point and i normally do that. i didn't do this this year because of everything that's been happening but i normally do it every year mm-hmm. i make a list of kind of all the things that i have going on in my life and all the things that make me happy in my life mm-hmm. and then i try to make sure that i'm adjusting kind of accordingly to it yeah. um because then what, what I found is me being in that place where everything I'm doing every day to as much as I can, that's in alignment that is mindful that, that is bringing me happiness and, and joy. I'm actually setting myself mm-hmm. up better for those bigger goals just to happen. Right. And, right. and, and I'm okay. And the thing is the big difference for me is that I found that when those goals don't happen or they change, or they morph into something else i'm i accept them very freely now because i'm happy now so if the if i miss a goal and something else happens it's like okay i missed that goal now i'm moving on because i'm in the next moment fully and i'm and i'm happy and i'm in a place that feels uh, in alignment i love that the the term in, in alignment that's kind of where i Try to find it because I don't think life life is not about being all all happy and and mm-hmm. positive. Um, I think we learn a lot from things being negative and, and being upset and, and being angry and there I fully believe in embracing those emotions as people do happiness and really experiencing mm-hmm. them and, and analyzing them on a personal level. So for me it's not about finding everything that I do in a day and just doing things that make me happy. It's about doing things that make me feel in alignment with myself and with my environment and the world. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I love that. I love, I love that term alignment. That's, that's one of my kind of favorite things that I feel like I'm seeking right now and, and looking for. And, and one thing about New Year's resolutions, I kind of stopped making New Year's resolutions a few years back. I think that just that term resolution, usually it was I resolved to change this or to stop doing this. And for me, what I've found is that when I set New Year's, whether you want to call it New Year's intentions, or, you know, pick a word for the year, something that I want to feel something I want to claim or kind of pull into my life, I find that that's much more, I find myself much more effective doing it that way, rather than like thinking about what I want to undo an old pattern that I had that I want to stop doing, thinking about a new pattern that I want to bring in or, or a new experience that I want to, um, to cultivate. And so I think for that, that's kind of similar to that seeking alignment, kind of just looking for where am I, where am I being called to go right now? Like where, you know, where are the the experiences and that's why I, I, again, going back to that year in review, I really liked reviewing 2017 because I was able to look through and think, okay, well, so I've already kind of built up to this point. So I'm already heading in this direction. And how do I kind of continue towards that? Um, Versus just even starting the year off thinking about the things that I, you know, the 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 habits that I didn't break or the mistakes that I made, you know, last year and not, not wanting to focus on that, but wanting to focus on where I go instead.
0: Right. Yeah. For me, I visualize kind of myself standing on a, a needle, right? And you're trying to balance yourself on the needle and you're kind of swaying all over the place to maintain the balance. And that for me is the image of, finding alignment right because that's the journey right we're always trying to balance ourselves on this thing and sometimes we fall and sometimes we completely fall off and have to get back on but that's kind of the the process and at no point are we perfectly still and (laughs) aligned and and centered as soon as we hit that point we're falling somewhere else and trying to bring ourselves back so well what happens for me um is that if i set a, a goal in it and Attach myself to the goal, and my the for me the important part is the attachment where it's like I need this, and that this goal can never change, and all I'm focused on is this goal. What ends up is I just kind of kind of collapse off the the needle because I'm not paying attention to staying balanced on it, um, right. and then the goal is just farther and farther away. Whereas opposed to if I just set the goal and it's there, and let's say it's on the the right, it's to attain it's kind of on the right on the right of me but now I'm kind of teetering on a little to the left I then know in the moment oh I just need to adjust myself a little bit and then I'll get closer to that that goal and if that goal then shifts and turns into something else I just adjust uh, accordingly and then you go through life like that and it's it's these many adjustments that are putting you into the place you want to be which is in alignment yeah. and the goals. And sometimes you reach the goals, sometimes you don't. And it's, it, it's perfectly fine as opposed to in, in our culture. I think it's exactly what you said. I think our culture is a goal oriented culture that really, um, labels achievement and success based on having a specific goal and only achieving that. Mm-hmm. um and then anyone who changed i mean i've heard it so many times where someone will say like oh so like what are what are your goals and someone will say and be like oh well, they changed so you must have failed because you had to change them <laughs> and it's <laughs> like well that's not the reality of how that that works we grow as people we grow as as societies <laughs> um the the whole earth is ever growing and ever changing so why would we our goals and our desires not also change with us right right and
1: with like you said with with the ever-changing universe I think that's kind of part of it is that like we I think it's very a little kind of egotistical to think that like we're going to set a goal and we're going to just everything that we do and, and want to line up with that goal is going to work out in the way that we planned and that we won't have to be mindful and make adjustments along the way and kind of look at, you know, what's changing as you were describing like that needle. That's, that's an image that I describe a lot of times to my clients with going through life, walking on a tightrope. And that like, if somebody's walking on a tightrope and they have that, that, that pull balancing, they, they have to constantly correct and see what is, is, has the wind shifted, what what's changed. And so every step you take, you have to find a way to kind of be mindful and, and, take the temperature of the environment that you're in. And so I think that's just kind of that part of, of, of being more open to connecting with with the flow and, and being willing to to adjust your goals as things change, because a lot of times things change for the better. You know, what mm-hmm. I found when I set a goal for myself is that a lot of times, if I'm really working hard towards that goal, the universe will change things and make a bigger opportunity or make something for me that I didn't even see for myself. And so if I'm not being mindful and I'm so like laser focused on my you know plan and my business plan that I set out or whatever then I'm not going to see those new opportunities or those shifts that may be coming in and so sometimes plans change because of good reasons because of you know lots of different things and so I think that 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 goal of just kind of being being aware every step of the way is really really important to to reaching whatever it is that that you want to experience.
0: Right. And again, for me, I mean, I think all all our mindfulness topics at the end of the day come down to balance in a way. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's, for me, set goal setting and is very much about that balance between being aligned and having an intention, right? Because if you take the intention away, then also what are you doing? And this is an interesting debate. I I find in mindfulness and and Buddhist kind of uh, uh, communities in in general is this idea of an intention specifically in Zen, because there's this idea of kind of this nothingness, right? Right. But then there's also this um, importance on intention. And it's, I think it's this counter there's this, I think there's dissonance in our universe and in how things work. And I think a lot of times as humans, we want to simplify that dissonance and find, well, it's one or the other. And this, this black and white kind of thing, as opposed to realizing sometimes dissonance is important. And the dissonance I love in, in Zen specifically is this dissonance between this idea of nothingness and, and, and kind of surrender versus uh, having a clear intention. Um, yeah. And I think that is also the balance and what gets people to, to achieve their goals. They have the goal and they know what it is, but they're they're also equally focused on setting the the conditions to nurture that goal, yeah. right? And and that's really what you have to to do. And so many people just focus so much on the goal and then aren't setting the. Mm-hmm conditions to grow it i mean it's a seed so you are basically planting a a seed and then it's how you water it Mm -hmm. i mean sometimes you don't water it and then it's not going to grow sometimes Mm -hmm. you water it and it it's gonna be a massive tree sometimes you water it and it's just the wrong seed for that environment and it's not going to grow that's exact it's it's exactly the same as that and i think it's just accepting that and if you're in the wrong if it's in the wrong environment Go find a seed that fits that environment. That's what it's about. Or move to an environment where that seed can can flourish. Those are all your choices. But unless you're self-reflecting and and, and seeing it in the moment and actually analyzing your day-to-day, moment-by-moment behavior and activities, it, it's hard to to do that.
1: Right. Well, this was fun.
0: Yeah. That's a good way to start the new year, I guess. Start the new year. So
1: I feel like we, you already, we already have some homework with mm-hmm. discussing corporate mindfulness and just have people experienced it. Is that part of their work? Um, and then, do we want to check in with people if people have? Well, actually, yeah, I want to check in with people and just see if people do. Um, either new year's resolutions or set some sort of intentions or have like a word for the year. I've been hearing more people doing a word for the year. So I'm just curious of what, what are you, how do you guys reflect during the new year and, and, and
0: move forward? Awesome. Cool. And you can connect with us um, on pretty much every social media platform. And uh, my personal favorite is our Facebook group, um, civil discourse, And uh, we post the videos in there and it's a great way for people to kind of engage and share their stories and um, do the homework if they feel like they want to. Um, We'll always respond and kind of keep the conversation going. So it's fun. All
1: right. Happy to hear you guys. We'll see you next time.